Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Eric. This is Devontae. This is Less Tech. More Nick, baby. Less Tech, more Nick. Mmm, y'all hear what I say. Less Tech, more Nick. For your mother and your brother, we gonna hear from Eric and Devontae. It's strange times and these are strange days And it's strange people living strange ways So expect Let's take Monet Oh, before we even get started tonight Honestly, I need to talk about something I saw after work today So I trained, I think seven eight people today it was tough it was definitely a tough day for people then this is the busiest i've ever been um and uh so anyways after a long day i went to uh tokyo joe's and i go inside and first thing i notice is everyone except for two people in the restaurant are on their phones and uh, i go up to the counter girls texting on the counter kind of sees me coming up i uh she says hey you know puts her phone down takes my order and then I went went to sit down at a table uh, next to a dad and his daughter. And then behind me was like probably guys a guy and his grandfather probably. Uh, and I you know just waiting for my food. And I remember I was looking around, and again the two people that weren't on the phone were the dad and uh, the grandfather who was in a wheelchair. I mean it looked like this guy probably didn't even have an iPhone or a smartphone. Um, I. <laughs> I literally, I literally, the the girl, there was probably a four-year-old on her phone. And she, from the time I walked in the restaurant till the time I left, she did not leave it. The guy with the grandfather, he was on his phone the entire time. I don't think he, I mean, he was kind of half talking to him. And so when I was sitting there, I was like, all right, I'm not going to look at my phone. I, everyone is on their phone right now. You know, there's a couple of people waiting for food. Everyone was on their phone. Two girls talking, waiting for food. They both had their phones out. They were having a conversation though. Um, and uh, I was like, I'm not going to look at my phone. I know I could, you know, look at some cars right now. You know, I could look for clients or I could text my girlfriend or do something. I know there was probably multiple text messages in my phone. I'm like, I'm not going to look at this shit till I get home. And I didn't. And it was fucking hard, man. It was like, I, I wanted to check. I wanted to do what everyone else in the restaurant was doing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't look at it. And then when I texted you, when I got home saying, come over, I put it away. You know, I ate dinner, uh, did some dishes, but I, you have to be so mindful of that in today's world. I mean, it's fucking crazy, man. Anywhere you go, we're, we're hooked. We are so hooked. Oh, we're extremely hooked. You definitely have to be conscious. It's a conscious decision not to get on your phone scroll through Instagram. I feel like a lot of people, they're very anxiety driven, especially when they mm -hmm. go to a place and they don't know anybody. So a comfort for them is to get on their phone and just scroll, even if they're not, <laughs> even if they're not looking through anything. I know when I was a little bit younger, I used to do the same thing. A couple of years ago, I would do the same thing. I would get on there. I would just start scrolling. But now I don't, I don't like get on my phone at all, especially when I'm, in a crowded place, I sit there and I watch people. Because people watching is more exciting than getting on my fucking phone. Oh, it was really interesting this afternoon. That four-year, that, yeah, she was probably four or five. She didn't look down from the phone. Mm -hmm. She was on it the entire, her eyes were on the screen. She did not even notice me in there. If I was a gunman, like she literally would have been the last one to hit the deck, I guarantee it. I mean, she was so, she was living in the metaverse, you know. Mm. That's a great commercial idea. 
whoever hears this come up with a commercial idea for like people on their phones sitting there and someone comes in to rob them <laughs> and no one even no one acknowledges them. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that that's a great commercial hilarious. idea. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that was a, a, a Geico commercial or uh, we are farmers. <laughs> 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 they have all those great hey, commercials. Would, take it. Yeah. Take it. That's yours. That's yours. Have it. <laughs> no, no. You got to pay us for that, actually. <laughs> we don't ask for much. We're cheap. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever we're worth. Oh, shit. Well, I think uh, tonight would be a good night to interview the man himself. The, the man. <laughs> creator of Less Tech, More Neck, Devontae oh, Branch. Oh, am I the creator now? Co-creator. There we go. Creator. Thank you. <laughs> this is a 50-50 partnership here. That is true. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get to know myself a little bit, I guess. <laughs> as much, as much as I hate it. <laughs> yeah i hate talking about myself you don't want to do this now no but it's good it's good for people to know who i am well, whoever listens anyway maybe someone out there who has an idea of me can get a different idea of me <laughs> or whatever but i am who i am so let's let's do it <laughs> so okay who is Devonte? the present person that met this fucking lunatic at work he started a podcast in his basement who is that guy that's a where loaded does, that's a loaded question where, where yeah where does where does he come from where do i come from so uh i come from a small town in illinois heron illinois it's about thirteen thousand people this is southern illinois and for those people who think this is close to springfield it is not this is much 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 more south (laughs) than springfield i am a biracial man my mom is white my dad is black i have two older sisters one of which i've never met and i just got in contact with her for the first time shit i don't know about three and a half four four years ago about four years ago she's from my dad Uh, she lives up in chicago then i have another sister who is three years older than you three or four years older than you she has her own set of problems. <laughs> is it? And that is my my mother's kid. Okay. My mom had her when she was 16. Well, yeah, 16. There's a funny story about that. I'll tell you here soon. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up, but it's still funny. Then I have a little brother who is my full blood brother. He's 21, turning 22 this year. That's a big motherfucker. <laughs> He's like 6'4", 270. He's goofy too. Big boy. Um, yeah, the funny story is that my mom and my biological grandmother were pregnant at the same time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, That's so, oh. so my, my aunt and my sister are the exact same age. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, I didn't grow up very close to family at all. I was raised by a single mother. You know, my dad, my dad lived with us, is what I would say. He, he lived... He lived off my mother. I realized that at an early age. So we struggled quite a bit growing up. And we, he wasn't the, he was, I've never told him this. I don't know if he'll ever hear this <laughs> at all because I don't know if he knows how to use technology. Uh, maybe I'll tell him to listen. Probably not though. But he was the only person in my life I was ever afraid of. Hmm. Like ever afraid of. He was not, in my eyes, he was not a friendly person by any means. He he would probably admit this because I I know it to be true because I've lived through it. But he was very abusive towards my mother, even though she was a 
I'm sure she has her own faults like any other person does. But in my eyes as a kid, she could do no wrong because that was my mother. But she, he was very abusive to her. Uh, a woman that I thought was great. She was doing a whole lot. A whole, whole lot. Uh, there's some other situations that my dad would do that I won't discuss because I don't want him to look awful by any means because he's a different person now. Um, I grew up uh, a big loner. Really, I remember being like four years old, sitting in my room, playing by myself, watching SpongeBob, playing with toys, whatever, talking to myself, my imaginary friend, whoever his fucking name was. This is elementary school? No, this is like four-year-old me. Okay, so like preschool. Yeah, this is preschool okay. me. And I would I'd sit in my room and my mom would come in. She'd be like, oh, you look so lonely. I'm like, no, I'm doing just fine. So that's why they had my brother, <laughs> is to give me someone to play with who was fucking lazy. My brother, when he hears this shit, he knows it too. He was lazy as fuck. I couldn't get him to do shit. I couldn't get him to do shit. All I wanted was like a little brother to go play catch with me, wrestle around. He would not do a fucking thing. I, I looked at my mom. I was like, why the fuck did you have him if we, if, if we can't even do anything? So we moved from the projects, which was Section 8. So I lived in Section 8 until I was about seven, seven, eight years old, I believe. And then my mom moved my brother and I into another house. And this was without my dad. And then before I know it, my dad moved in again, which I was shocked. But I guess we can jump back to four years old. That's something that was pretty, that kind of caused my hypersexuality. Well, do tell. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. Because I was going to ask, is this, yeah. would this be one of the most influential events in your life? What are you about to say? Um, oh, absolutely. Or, okay. Absolutely. I think this is the. <laughs> this is the first time where I knew I was physically attracted to like women. And this was like the moment I believe because I always was like, I thought they were cute. I didn't have any sexual thoughts about them or anything. I just I was like, oh, Britney Spears is super cute. Beyonce super cute. And I remember my dad walked in. We still lived in Section Eight at this time, and I was sitting on the couch, and my mom was in the kitchen, probably cooking or cleaning, probably. And my dad throws a magazine on my lap, and it's a Playboy. And I remember specifically, this was, do you remember wrestling at all, WWE? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this was, shit, I was four years old, so this was like 99. <laughs> and on the cover was China. I don't know if you remember China at all. She was like this amazing female wrestler, and she was like the, <laughs> she was like the breakthrough. Yeah, I kind of remember. Yeah, she. I never watched a lot of it, but yeah, yeah. Muscular, and she was on there, and I flipped through, and it just boobs, vagina out in the open, ass, <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I just remember looking at it, and I was just taken by. It. I was just looking. I was like, "My God, this is crazy. This is incredible." And my mom comes over, and she's like, "Don't, don't let him look at that." My dad like smacks her hand away, and it was like, "He's a man." <laughs> He's going to look at this. I remember my dad being so afraid of his kids being gay. Hmm. He was so afraid of his kids being gay. He doesn't have to worry about it. I mean, like, <laughs> but it, I, I just know that like he's told my mom before if my brother and I were gay, he was going to kill us. Oh, well. Yeah. That's Is that part of why he, you think he showed you nude magazines? It's a possibility. I think he just mm -hmm. didn't. I, I don't know. I've never asked yeah, him. Yeah, I've yeah, never had deep conversation with my father ever in my life. Hmm. 
So that that was a huge moment that definitely caused me to be hypersexual because um, not too long after that, I started like masturbating at four years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not good. It's not healthy mm. at all. Yeah. I mean, again, I have one thing. I mean, I'm not a psychologist by any stretch, but I do. I think the fact we kind of like hide it from people that we're being exposed to mm -hmm. high levels of it now, you know, images. Mm -hmm. I do believe that that's what's like kind of jumpstarting everyone into this. I mean, it's like super and it's, it amplifies whatever you think about yourself. If you think low about yourself and you watch porn, you'll never get hard because mm -hmm. most men are not rocking the cocks they have mm -hmm. on porn. Let's be real. Oh, that's not, that's <laughs> not real at all. But I mean, the only people that know that is my best friend you because we've had this conversation before and then whoever ends up listening to this <laughs> whoever that is you know a little bit about my childhood but i know in elementary school grade school i was pretty much a loner the entire time i had one friend in second grade that i met through football flag football uh, i used to go to his house all the time he was like my first friend like my first actual real friend and that was cool. We used to butt heads, but I mean, fuck. Two young kids who have their own ideas of whatever. But even, even sitting like in the mornings, you have to sit in the bleachers at our school before you go to class. Right? And they divide you by grades. Like fourth and fifth grade, they got to sit in the bleachers. They divide the bleachers, but fourth grade sat on the right. Fifth grade sat on the left closest to the door. But then third and second grade sat on the floors lined up in their class so i was in second grade and i wouldn't talk to anybody i'd sit in the line wouldn't say a word to anybody because no one would talk to me third grade was the same very much a loner the only time i ever talked to people was during football and i was still friends with this guy but we didn't even talk during school really unless it was recess then i create i got another friend i almost said created another friend imaginary <laughs> Come on, he's a fucking psycho um and I got another friend, and it was us three hanging out. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. I got friends. Actually, at school, which is awesome. Then I met my best friend, who is my best friend to this day, in fourth grade. That's when we became friends, during football. And he was he was very much so a loner. And I remember it was weird because he would actually come up and talk to me at school and when nobody else really would, unless it was like recess and I'd hang out with my other two friends playing basketball or whatever, or wrestling. I remember I, I picked up one of my friends and put him in the FU which is John Cena's finishing move. And I remember my eventual high school football coach's wife came up and was like screaming at me, put his ass down. I was like, why? She was like, you can't do that. I was like, all right, put his ass down, fucking slammed it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whenever I got up to fifth grade and my f best friend wasn't around, like I sat up there, I was a loner. Like nobody would talk to me in the bleachers. I'd literally sit there and wouldn't have a conversation with anybody. I would think about wrestling. The only time I would ever talk to people was like the Tuesday after Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. That was it. I was very much so a loner. I had no confidence unless I was playing like some type of a sport. I was still a pretty goofy kid though. And then we get into middle school and that's when I really created friends it was like seventh grade. That's when I had like a, a group of friends where I'd go over to the house with my other best friends. I'd go over to the house and I was like, oh man, this feels, feels great. Because I was like really good at football. So more people started like me. Then eighth grade year is whenever I freaking started playing all the sports, football, basketball, and track. So everybody else started to know me. That's when I become 
I was still very much so a loner. But my eighth grade year, I was a fucking asshole. I remember that specifically. That I would fucking talk to my best friend. Lane is his name. I'll quit calling him my best friend because I sound like a fucking middle schooler. <laughs> uh, Lane is his, is his name. And I would talk to Lane. And he was still a loner type of guy. Didn't really have a whole bunch of friends. He was kind of a weirdo, if you will. But I was still the same person towards him. But other people, because I was gaining this popularity, I started becoming an asshole to all these people. I was like, why the fuck am I becoming an asshole? Because I was hanging out with all the popular kids now. I'm like, I'm popular now. Whatever you have it. But still had a shitty, pretty shitty home life. Yeah, I feel like I'm just rambling about no, you're good. each oh, part of my life. No, no, that's, that's cool. So what, 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 I mean, in this time, so we'll just say your, your development years, you know, mm-hmm. before you go off as an adult, mm-hmm. what did you struggle? If you could pick one thing you struggled the most with, what would it be? Oh, self-confidence. Oh. Confidence easily. I had no, and the only time I've ever had confidence, and this, this is true all the way through, throughout high school too, was just sports. It's the only time I ever believed in myself. Other than that, because I looked, I was this tall, lengthy kid. Dude, I wore the same size shoe since fucking sixth grade. Okay, I'm a size 12. That's funny. All right, sixth grade, I was like 5'5". Five, five. you imagine a 5'5 five, five dude with fucking size 12 shoes? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Those feet were fucking big, and I had these shoes that had fucking dollar bills on them. Yeah. I, I was like, what the fuck am I bringing this much attention to myself for? <laughs> Like, I liked them and shit, but, like, I was like, why am I... This is too much attention for me. That's funny. So I quit wearing them. That was way too much attention. I was like, these people are going to look at me and blah, blah, fucking blah. I had no confidence in myself at all. Home life, I remember... What was it? When we finally got away from my father, my seventh grade year, I believe it was. We lived in these... These homes that was a an old community for coal mining. So these were this was a coal mining community that we don't do coal mining there in that town anymore. So no coal miners live there anymore. But they still had the houses up, <clears throat> and it was Seven Court B was the address I believe. And it wasn't. It was called the Heights. It wasn't like a, a great neighborhood by any means because they were like cheaper housing. And I just remember. Something happened with my dad and my mom, and I just, <clears throat> I had to, like, protect protect my mom and my brother at the time from seeing whatever was happening. And I just remember keeping my brother in the room, but going back out to the living room to take care of my mother and, like, get her back in the room to make sure, like, we were all going to be safe. So I, I eventually got her in the room. My brother had no fucking idea what was going on. <laughs> no fucking idea, which was great, which was the whole plan. Just to make sure, like, he knew nothing that was going on so he wouldn't freak out. And so I kept him playing the video game. I would go in. I'd talk to him about the video game. He had no idea. I'd go out. Finally got my mom in the room. I shut the door. I locked us in the room for the entire night. My mom, my brother, and myself, we locked us in the room for the entire night. So I knew that everybody was safe in the house that needed to be. And I remember looking at her and I was telling, I told her, I was like, we have to, we have to leave. Hmm. We have to leave. Cause this is awful. I can't, I can't deal with this. Mm-hmm. I can, I don't want to, I don't think you should have to. And I think that was the first time that she was like, actually seen it in my eyes. Like we have to, we have to get out of here. So we ended up leaving. I don't, I don't remember the day at all. 
I just remember that we were no longer living there. And I was very thankful for that because my mom stepped up, even though we we were struggling, even with a two-parent household. I don't know if he paid bills, to be honest with you, this, which is why I say he lived with my, he lived off of my mother. And this is not me talking shit about my father. I just want to put that out there. But I remember that was probably one of the happiest moments of my life was leaving, was leaving my father because then I got to be a kid. I didn't really get to try to be a kid until I was like 12, 13, which I know there's other people out there that don't get to be kids at all. So I'm thankful for the little bit of time I got to be somewhat of a kid. Because I remember my brother and I would be playing throughout the years. We, we'd actually play with like toys and stuff and the moments he would actually want to wrestle around, we'd wrestle. And then my dad would get home and we would, you have never seen kids clean up faster in your fucking life. I swear to God. His, we would hear his, his bass from his car getting ready to pull up, boom, 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 grabbed everything, put it up, neat as fuck. You had no idea we were playing in there. And then we'd go to our room, <laughs> and we wouldn't come out at all. Not one bit would yeah. we come out. That's a lot. That's intense shit. So um, obviously that's shaped who you are today, again, the present person sitting with me. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your greatest struggle today? You know, So that was your struggle as a child now going 18 plus and eventually getting out of there. What is your greatest struggle today as a 27 year old man living in Fort Collins? <laughs> greatest struggle today. Mm -hmm. uh, I would probably say that's definitely trying to be, become a better version of myself. I think is probably the greatest struggle. And that's more so like financially, like trying to get my shit together. I stress about it quite a bit because I don't want to go back to how I grew up struggling. So I think I think from 18, 18 plus, that's been my biggest struggle is constantly trying to figure out ways how to be able to provide for my family eventually, hopefully take care of my mother at some point in time. I think right now I'm on the right track. I think this has been some of the best couple months of my life. As far as really getting on the right track for that, you know, meeting you, helping me out with finances, getting the sales job that's going to put me into another echelon of life. And then starting this <laughs> has been <laughs> has been amazing. But that's definitely been the biggest struggle is trying to make sure I don't end up how I grew up. And it scares you thinking about that. I don't know if scares... <laughs> It, it makes you it, 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 okay uh determined it makes you yeah determined to not want to go back to absolutely that. like there's no way absolutely yeah. i won't i won't and move it, i won't move back home and you do not want to subject your family what you were subject absolutely to. my no. kids my kids will never know mm. what i felt like growing up they will never know that mm. that's a that's an absolute fact especially they will never fear me they will respect me but they will never fear me. They will never be afraid to come up and talk to me. They'll never be afraid to be children in front of me. They're going to go outside and they can they can get dirty. I don't give a fuck. Like, we're just going to wash you up afterwards. It's okay. We're, we can clean up the fucking house. It's not the end of the world. You can, you're going to be able to be a kid. And my wife, if I ever get married, will never have to worry about my hands being put on her in a, in a harming way. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know you will. No, absolutely not. No. 
So that's a that's a huge, huge thing. I will never put my hands on my woman. And she will always feel comfortable around me. Always. That's good to hear. A lot of guys do not feel that way. It's a, it's a, no, it's not. Most guys are obviously not like that. You know, I think actually most guys are scared out of their mind. Most guys are literally scared out of their mind to even talk to girls today, mm. let alone lay a hand on a girl. Most girls kick the shit out of guys. As, I mean, as they should. Yeah. If, if a man comes up to you to put their hands on you, you should kick him in the dick. Kick him in the dick, put a fucking pan to his face. Yeah. Medea once said, throw a pot of hot grits on him. Throw a pot of hot grits on a motherfucker. I don't give a fuck. I have no sympathy for a man who puts their hands on a woman. That's just not that's just not how we fly. That's not manly. That's not fucking manly. What the fuck is that? That's, it happens though. It does happen. And there's no there's no Real excuse. If if a woman's trying to kill you, <laughs> okay, no, no, there uh, there's 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 that, <laughs> right? But if you're just angry and you fucking no no, the f- hit a wall if you have to. I guess just don't put your hands on her. Don't put your hands on those kids either. I believe in spanking, so let's put that out there. You know, one of the cool things I heard you said is, um, it's like you don't want your kids to experience what you experience. Mm-hmm. How do you think of yourself right now as a human being? I I think I'm a very caring, empathetic person. Very nice guy. He is a very nice guy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Even though I, some people probably wouldn't think that just because I talk a lot of shit. Yeah, he's a but <laughs> he's a dork too. Kind of a goof. <laughs> but that's just like where where I come from. We talk like all of my friends. Like you would think we hate each other. I just talk shit to them. But there's no there's no hate there. And I talk shit to majority of people. If I like you, I'm probably talking shit to you in some some shape or form. But I think I'm a I think I'm a really nice guy. I think I'm a, a respectful man, unless you lose my respect and then I'm no longer respectful. I think I try to show compassion towards other people when it's truly needed and they're not just looking for attention. I think that's that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Very goofy. <laughs> I'm a very goofy guy. Hard worker too. No? Hard worker. You want to, you know, you're Try trying, you want to learn. Um, fun and want to learn. You want to enjoy your life. But I think, mm-hmm. again, I mean, how many men today do you hear say, I even want to have a family? I mean, it's, you're not many, man. I mean, you, you hear it, but actually guys are really implementing and trying it. I mean, you're pretty rare, man. Not a lot of guys are. I mean, a lot of guys are like me. A lot of guys are like some of our friends. Mm-hmm. Either they're, they, they refuse to be monogamous or they literally could not attract a woman at all. I mean, mm-hmm. we're turning back into a polygamous society, and you recognize that doesn't create a lot of stability in your life. You've you've seen the instability of not having a father there and all these things, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, I mean, again, you, you don't want that in your life, you know, and that's important for people like me that have had a lot of stability in their life to understand that that's good. You need to, it's, yeah, life is this absurd illusion. Sure, whatever. Um, you have to take responsibility for your life. You can't just not give a shit. I oh, mean, absolutely. Privileged kids like myself. I mean, I'm one of millions, I understand, that are just living lifestyles. They mm-hmm. kind of hack the system. You know, kudos to you guys. You know who I'm talking to. You realize monogamy is definitely not in our best interest. You have money. You can do your own thing. You know, you came from educated parents, hyper intelligent men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them are like me, just, you know, honestly protecting yourself. You know, you're trying to guard yourself because you don't want to get hurt financially, emotionally. 
Um, but then you have guys that just, again, want to live pure lifestyles. They just want to just hit dopamine levers like to no end. Mm. And, um, yeah, again, do it if you want you. Yeah. I'm talking to you younger 20 guys that are growing up, you know, parents are paying for your school. You're given opportunity, you know, have your fun. You know, I'm not saying don't, but again, you can't, if you think swiping on Tinder for the rest of your life, or, you know, if you're able to actually pull women at the bars or whatever, enjoy it. You know, I mean, it's, (laughs) it, it, you will suffer in a different way. You can't maintain that and feel good about yourself. You know, and it sucks because trust me, the older you get, the more attractive you get. And it's, it's fucking terrible. Then, then you're put in a real predicament. But again, you use that to your advantage. If you're a guy around my age, like go meet a girl in person, stop fucking swiping. And you know, it's just important because again, for your kids or my kids is you got to make them suffer. You have to create a new type of suffering. It's like that four-year-old I saw with, on their phone at Tokyo Joe's. I mean, she was, I mean, her little fucking primitive brain was just being annihilated. I don't know what the fuck she was looking at, but you would be out of your mind if you think I'm giving my kid a fucking smartphone. I'm not giving my kid a smartphone that no, early. Like, they don't, it's not necessary. No. There's toys. <laughs> Literally just give them some toys and play with some toys. Like. No. I'm not giving my kid that. I mean, whenever they start playing sports and stuff and I have multiple kids and I can't, my wife and I can't be there to pick them up or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's when I, I mean, that's when I got a phone was whenever my mom couldn't pick me up from sports anymore. Yeah. I mean, I had one of those little uh, flip phones in high school. I had a Motorola or the Motorola brick. Yeah. Not even flip. That's totally what you need. A few buttons to text. Make sure you're okay. That's it. Yeah. I would literally, I would literally call my mom and be like, Hey, uh, TJ's mom and dad are going to take me home. And then I'd call her when I got home. And that was the extent. My, I literally had probably two phone numbers mm-hmm. in my entire phone. And it was my mom and my aunt. That was it. I had no other numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I played some video games on there. But I, I didn't, like these kids today, like this was after, this was like way after school. This was nighttime. I was literally going to bed in like 30 minutes and I would play a game on there. Hmm. I do I do also want to say that my father was in my life. Okay. <laughs> he he was a he was around. Mm-hmm. Was he the father I wanted? Mm, that's fair. No. Was he the father he could have been? No. Mm-hmm. But there's people out there that don't know their fathers. I don't want to make this sound like some super woe is me type of thing. Yeah. And that's how you, cause at like 12, 13, that's when you really disconnected. I mean, you, moved yeah, that's when, well, I've been, I've been telling my mom for years mm-hmm. before then, like we should leave, we should mm-hmm. leave, we should leave just because he just was not a good person. Like he'd come home drunk, not a good person. He just was not. And like, he would always, I just hate to sound like I'm talking shit on him. No, you're good. But he would he would sit on the couch and he would sleep. Like he didn't work. He'd sit on the house and sleep. <laughs> I'd go out there and he'd be asleep on the couch. I would rarely leave my room. I would rarely leave my room whenever he was there. It didn't matter if my mom was there too. I would rarely leave my room. So I I I know my father. And one thing I had to learn whenever I grew up, for sure, was Maybe he wasn't ready to be a father, like truly, Hmm. right? Maybe he just wasn't ready for that. And he 
wanted to be a better father than his dad, which I don't, I don't know my grandfather, so I don't know how he was. I, again, I've never had deep conversations with my dad ever. Hmm. So maybe in his eyes, him at least being there was better than his father. I don't know. I don't know. So maybe in his eyes, he did a better job than his dad did. It's a possibility. I have no idea. I don't even know what my grandfather really looked like. He died. He died like right before I was born. So I just have like sympathy or empathy for him. Be like, oh, maybe he just wasn't ready to be a father. And I and I, I can understand that. I was not ready to be a father and not really knowing what to do. And so, like, now he's a lot he's a lot more calm and chill. I even feel bad for him sometimes. Hmm. I do. But I don't, I don't, like, reach out or anything. He's like, oh, you should call me sometime. It's like, yeah, pretty busy. I don't even talk to my mom that much. Hmm. That's mostly because she's working all the time still. It's like she's working like she still has kids in the house. It's like, Jesus Christ. But she just got into that routine. But my big goal, my big goal is to take care of her so she doesn't have to worry about anything it's cool and you also want to take care of your family oh absolutely oh absolutely i can't wait till the day i'm <laughs> making six figures or more and just like to be like mom you know what just quit stop working like if i can afford to buy you a house somewhere like i'm just gonna buy you a house hmm. and now you want to work like a light job just so you have something to do Go do it. Do it in a place where you want to be. Mm -hmm. That makes you happy. That's, that's cool, man. That's one of the ultimate goals. That's really cool. Yeah. 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 I've seen her uh, struggle to have nothing so we can have a little. It's, just, it's, it's crazy to watch as a kid. Because mm. you can always pick it up. Because I always, there was this one time she told me, we lived in this house, and she told me, she was like, yeah, we're getting kicked out because they're going to, knock the house down so we have to move i was like that doesn't make any sense that makes no sense why would they knock a house down with a family in it <laughs> right so i knew like she was making up a lie because she was embarrassed mm -hmm. she was embarrassed and that hurts me and but i i played it off i was like yeah yeah we're getting we have to leave because they're knocking the house down and i remember a family came through to look at the house one time. Mm -hmm. I was sitting there. This was like a weekend, so I was playing video games. And the family came through, walked through the house. I was like, if the house is getting knocked down, why is there a family coming through to check it out? And like I knew the entire time. I was like, we are we can't pay the bills. We're getting evicted. Like I know we're getting kicked out of here. Mm -hmm. But she wouldn't, she wouldn't say that. She wouldn't say that. And I hate that. I hate that for her. A lot, actually. And the fact that we had two two adults in the house at the time, and that we were getting evicted. My dad used to work overnight at Sam's Club. Any person who works overnight makes more money than daytime people, and he was like stalking and everything. I was like, well, we have we have enough money. Mm -hmm. If we combine it, we should be living a fairly decent life right now. Mm -hmm. But we didn't. So I, I know, like, my mom was doing everything by herself. She was taking care of three people. She was taking care of three people. One who was an adult. The thing about how much that made you you. Oh, I mean, this shit used to... Dude, you have no idea how much it pissed me off. Well, that no pissed idea. you off made you stronger, though. That's the thing. I mean, you're... 
why do you want to take this responsibility in your life because of those? I mean, just like me, I, I grew up with so much stability. I was flying down to Florida, might see my two grandparents that, mm -hmm. you know, did very well for themselves. And both my parents taking me to Disney World, taking me mm -hmm. all over the world. Me and my mm -hmm. sister literally have traveled all over the world. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think you just have to be very careful about that as a parent. You know, mm -hmm. I think my parents definitely recognized I need to work. They All they did was turn me into someone very good with money, like, because I always worked minimum wage jobs. Mm -hmm. And I learned, I'm like, hey, you probably don't want to work for somebody. It's a lot better to work for yourself, figure out a way to do that. And, you know, I mean, again, I've just kind of scaled things up just enough so I could be Genghis Khan. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think that for you, when you raise your family or when I raise my family, it's like, I want to introduce a decent amount of struggle. And I don't even know mm -hmm. if I want to in our current society, like a city like this. I mm -hmm. would probably, like you said, you always see me in Montana, go somewhere harsher, honestly. And go like, hey, we're going to fucking be in the woods, motherfuckers, in time to learn how to do all this shit. Like I would be way tougher than my parents for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they had a lot of fun and I want to have fun with my kids, but I think you, when you struggle and you really have it hard, you, you build the character of a better human being mm -hmm. as an individual, the older you get. Now, again, it doesn't mean you have to throw your kids to the wind. It's you be a strong father. Mm -hmm. You be a strong mother as a role model though. I mean, can you imagine all these girls? Think about all these girls today. Oh man, I'm going off on a tangent, but that are uh, just posting, regular Eric. <laughs> posting that ass. Nothing about it. Like all these girls in our generation, they're just posting ass all over the internet. And it's like, that is going to be like a mother. That's going to be like your grandmother one day where you're just like, oh shit, she was on OnlyFans. She was doing all this call shit. I mean, I've, I've met enough girls off Tinder and shit. It's remarkable the number of girls profiting off of basically the male sex drive in the internet and um it's scary to think like you if you had a family is that what you'd want or would you you know want again everyone just rags on how things were in the old days but you know people actually stayed together people had to work shit out you know of well yeah. <laughs> how i plan on raising my kids hopefully what well, it will be i know that for a fact we talking we're talking affirmations over here <laughs> my kids will never have to worry about if they're going to eat bills being paid okay. anything mm -hmm. like that yeah so basically they're going to live a very good life necessities will be met without any other question but they they are going to know what real struggle looks like i'm taking them to low income places they're they're going to go down to places they're going to do i'm going to make them do work they're going to develop personalities. They're going to develop empathy for people who don't have as much as they do. Like they're going to have a job when they're in high school. It's going to happen. It has to. It, it, like if they're playing like three sports or something like that. Yeah, no. You're this, having you're you going to be busy. Yeah. You're probably going to have at least a summer job. Mm -hmm. Because I oh definitely. Yeah. You I'm going to show you how to pay your own bills. Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you everything that I had to learn for myself as an adult. And you're going to know that there's people out there that struggle. It's good. Yeah. You, you have to, man. There's too many, <laughs> oh, it's not good. If it's you don't. it's yeah. interesting because you see all these people who grew up with a lot of stuff. like get to travel kind of like you did. Mm -hmm. right? They get to travel, see all this different life. And there's people who grew up like me that didn't, you know, I didn't fucking travel. Fucking, we went to Colorado once a year, every year until I was probably like nine, nine or 10. 
Yeah, 9, 10, 11, in that range. That's just because my, my grandfather lives in Colorado. But then I see these people, and I've talked to them, even recently, and they say things. That I, I don't even want to repeat what they say, but it's just like they have no idea how well they had it growing up. <laughs> you can you can you can talk to them and like i'll use an example okay i was called a loser by somebody and this person has no idea how i grew up they're going based off of what they're seeing right now you know me just being a shit talker they never once asked me any deep questions about myself i guarantee you, you could ask them what state i'm from they have no idea they have no idea they know nothing about me i could tell you multiple things about this person but they've grown up with so much white privilege <laughs> <laughs> or just privilege in general privilege yeah because it's not i mean obviously mixed race right you're mixed race not, right it's definitely not an ethnicity thing it's a it's a wealth thing but they have it's a wealth thing for sure they have no idea about anything that i've gone through to get to this person here yep. you know and that the person that they're calling the loser now to me is a survivor of the things i've been through i'm winning in life in my head like i'm winning in life i'm starting to climb that mountain and keep climbing there's a particular person in my head that i do think is a loser and I refuse to be that person, <laughs> for sure. But they they know nothing. If they knew more about me, maybe they wouldn't think I was a loser. But that that I don't I don't take anything away from that person because I could just tell they, they didn't know they have they no really idea. It's just ignorance, uh -huh. and that's okay. That's important. That's yeah. very self aware of you, man. Yeah, that's cool. I have no anger towards this person at all. It's just plain ignorance. And until this person becomes educated in it. Maybe that person will listen to this podcast. <laughs> that person will know exactly who it is. <laughs> but it's just it's just ignorance. And now this person needs to educate themselves on, oh, hey, I grew up with two parents who did very well for themselves, provided for us, took us on trips. I didn't have to pay or worry about if I was going to eat. There's many, dude, there's many times growing up. I remember this one time specifically, we were in this apartment and... We had no no money for food because my mom had literally had to pay all the bills. So everything she made went straight to bills. So we had no money for food. And we had in the house green beans, canned green beans, baby sausages, like legit baby food, and corn. And I had to make a meal for my mom, my brother, and myself with those three ingredients. And we had a bunch of seasonings. So you're damn right. I made a fucking meal for all three of us with those three fucking ingredients. <laughs> you know? And these are things, these are things nobody knows about me. Like, there's very few people growing up that I would actually let over at my house. Hmm. Because I didn't want anyone to look down on my mother. So, like, there's very few people that were allowed actually to come over to my house because they were friends. And I knew, like, they were not going to look down on my mother for this. It wasn't so much me. Is to protect her. Hmm. And there was literally like three people that were allowed to come over to my house. And that was, that was it. Hmm. Lane was one of them because he struggled too. <laughs> so I knew like, he knew I wasn't going to judge him for what, how he was living. He wasn't going to judge me for how I was living. And he was over at my, we went to each other's houses damn near every day because we were comfortable with each other because we knew we were just. What two. the other person was going through. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we understood we understood life was happening to us. Mm -hmm. We had that that realization that it was just life happening to us. And we're kids, so we have no real control. And so we're not going to judge each other for things that we can't control. But other people will. 
It's a whole status thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was, I mean, it was a tough life. It was what most yeah. people grew up with. It was, I mean, it was. Yeah, it was a tough life. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I've always thought growing up, I was like, there's people out there that have it way worse than me. It's have it very, way worse than me. Mature. So oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't like to uh, complain about it too much because I survived. I'm alive right now. You know, my mom got us through. Mm -hmm. She did exactly what she had to do. She there was dude, she used to sleep on the couch. She used to sleep on the couch so my brother and I can have a room. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, you kidding me? That's an, I mean that's that speaks a lot about her. Absolutely, that speaks a whole lot about my mother. And she's a <laughs> if you looked at my mom, she's she doesn't she's not like other people's moms. Her ass does not dress up. <laughs> okay, the clothes that she wears to this day, to this day are hand-me-downs for my brother and I. And the only time my brother and I really got clothes were, well, for me, anyway, was from sporting events. Mm -hmm. It's like all my T-shirts I got from track invitationals, basketball tournaments, being on the basketball team. My shoes were literally my basketball shoes from the previous year, okay? <laughs> my pants, I wore sweatpants. I didn't own a pair of jeans. Mm. Like, that. That's, that's what I wore. We didn't have money to really afford too much at all that's what i had my mom wears the same high school hoodie that i had it's a hoodie from 2004 <laughs> it's the exact same she wears it constantly she wears uh the same pair of jeans that she's had for i don't know how long if it gets a hole in it then she'll go buy a new pair she wears the same sweats my mom just doesn't she doesn't care about that she she had other things to take care of that were priority to her Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people don't understand, priorities. And my mom set those priorities. Yeah. Mom's got a lot of respect for me. She has a lot of respect for me. Yeah, man. Yes. What else you want to fucking know, dude? <laughs> what the fuck else you got? Oh. Any deep philosophical questions? Oh, no. I mean, okay. I mean, I think you've already answered this, but in, in all honesty with the way today's society is going, how mm -hmm. people behave, you know, specifically really via the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of this barrier and, uh, and again the metaverse we've created for ourselves do you really have hope for that future you talked about with your kids who do you think you could find a woman that would actually be a good mother or you could actually be a good father and you guys could actually be together for 40 years or 50 years or 60 years i don't think i'm gonna be alive for 60 years but um <laughs> yeah, um, no yeah, it's a possibility but uh i do actually i I, I had hope through my entire life of growing up that my life was going to get better. And I mean, right now, I mean, my life is significantly better. So I, yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely have hope that I'll be able to find a woman that I can raise a family with and be around for the next 40, 50, God willing, 60 years. <laughs> as I, long as you got your health. You as know. long as I got my health. Yeah, I do. I do believe that. In the moment I stop believing that is probably the time I'll be dead. Yeah. Well, how many people listening right now actually believe in that? You know, knowing from a fundamental level that it's like, yeah, it's an absurd proposition, starting a family, doing something hard, mm -hmm. but it's worth it. it. It's, man, I mean, for the average person, it, this is, it's going to be a death sentence. I mean, you're going to see suicides skyrocket. I mean, I hate saying that, but I don't know why they wouldn't. If I continued down the path I was going down, I would be dead. Mm. I got live long enough just to see my parents die mm. and I would have killed myself. <clears throat> so. That's, that's a real shit. I mean, I, 
I could see suicides <laughs> going up too. Which I mean, it sucks. Oh. But I mean, I think that's the big reason why we're trying to do this. Mm-hmm. Trying to bring awareness to people about creating a purpose for yourself. Because a purpose for yourself, as much as you would like to believe, is not playing video games for 14 <laughs> hours a day. Or watching Pornhub 10, you know, 10 times a week. Yeah. That's not, I mean, it's, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, some days I like to play video games. I don't like to play them that damn long. But <laughs> I like to play video games and it feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good. But I use it as a reward from the week or two weeks of just like working and being busy. It's used as like a wind down. To like kind of collect my thoughts and just kind of get away from reality for a second. But that's, that's in my opinion, what this stuff was created for. It was created to be an escape hmm. from reality for a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people right now are having to escape from reality. Completely. Completely. They're completely glued in. But you're seeing kids being glued in now. That's what's yeah. so scary. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, I have complete faith for humanity at some point in time. Dude, I do. You gotta have, you gotta have hope. I've always, I've always said that either my generation's going to be the one to change the world or I'm going to raise the generation to change the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm seeing it right now. I'm going to have to be the one to raise it, which is fine. I can do it. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's a really cool way to think of it. Mm. But I'm honestly in the same boat. I never thought I'd ever have kids, honestly. I was like, oh, the fuck, bringing a, another little carbon creature that's going <laughs> to suffer? Like, no. You're, but that's, uh, I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. Oh, they're going to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> that's, they're only going to suffer if you raise them to suffer. Yeah. If you raise them to suffer. I mean, everybody's circumstances are always different. Yeah. But, well, that's a, you need them to struggle, not suffer. Yeah. But again, that's the, the existential self is suffering. Mm-hmm. You have to put something above that that child just like you as an individual have to put something above yourself because mm. there's a whole generation me my sister my friends most of her friends everyone is literally living for themselves we've learned a shit ton about biology and it's but everyone's in hell i mean i i have a business built on the fact people don't want to take responsibility for anything very 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 educated people mm. very smart people and they struggle and they don't understand they're struggling more than picking up the load of you know it maybe it's starting a family maybe it's not but mm. you have to pick up a load way bigger than yourself going out drinking it's funny there's that uh there's a concert up in steamboat this weekend and i know uh, too many people going up there and they're going up there just get fucked up mm-hmm. and they're basically run the age of mid mid 20s appropriate to uh mid 40s mm-hmm. and again it's like okay everyone that's cool. Like, I mean, I, I literally know, I think eight people, different people going up there. And, uh, you know, again, I, I want people to enjoy their lives. You know, that's, that's not what this is about, but it just seems like more people than not are trying to literally drug themselves or, or drink or play video games or watch porn through this existential crisis everyone's having. And again, it's, you gotta pull yourself out of the fucking, all these devices. You have to be so fucking mindful about how you use them. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely getting <laughs> too deep into technology. Let me ask you a question. What do you what do you see for fun when you're raising a family? Do you do you see like fun in it? And if you do, like what does that look like for you? It looks like man. <laughs> like what is a fun day for you and your family? What does that look like? What give me picture the scenario. Give it to me. Color it for me. 
honestly like for me i would i don't i don't know if i see myself living here forever for sure mm. it would be um you know waking up on property with um animals a farm you know much more kind of old school way mm. slower um you know maybe you know again i, I don't want to deprive everything you know we'd have a television sure but it's like I, I want my kids working with their hands you know i really was into making i remember how uninterested i was in school you know i um you know this is your interview not mine but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> this is really good no it's cool no because this is cool for me um I wanted, I didn't want to be in a classroom. I wanted to be outside building shit. I mean, I built bows and arrows. I used to, I loved hunting, fishing. Um, you know, I think, you know, I lost a lot of those, um, passions, you know, later in life, just trying to get more dopamine. I mean, most of the activities, then I got it scaled up. I was able to turn porn into reality. I learned about extreme sports that were like way more dopamine driving driven than uh, fishing or hunting, something that's a lot slower. You know, you get a dopamine rush if you're hunting and you shoot an animal, but most of it's very time consuming. It's very slow paced. And I think as the technology evolved, as our brain started racing, I needed more stuff and it, it just like totally rattled me. So I, I mean, I'd want a slower lifestyle. I don't, I don't think I would, I know I would not raise a family in Fort Collins. Yeah. So perfect day. And then, you know, it'd be me, you know, my wife, I mean, just doing things just slower, you know, I mean, <laughs> I know this is like weird to think about, but I guess when they used to homestead these parts of the country, you know, it was a lot of hard work. I mean, you just went out and you had to fucking grow your own food and do a lot more things self-sufficient. There was no grocery store. You know, I, I don't think I need to live like that completely where it's like we're going total total nomad but it would be a, a very mix like a hybrid mix of it and um you know it would be going to either like i mean for fun it would be you know going to a neighbor's house um i i, I don't know it's weird to like envision it but like a, a like a better community where mm -hmm. people are meeting without phones mm -hmm. people are meeting without the technology we have today mm -hmm. I, I don't even know what that looks like because i'm not fucking everyone's got a fucking phone out everywhere yeah. you go I mean, it drives me nuts to like really think about it, but it, it sounds good. If I can, if we can slow ourselves down, I would love to raise a family. My, take a step back. <laughs> my advice to you, uh -huh. since you're trying to better your life and you're, you're doing it, I see it. It would definitely be to visualize that on a daily basis, right? What you visualize, it comes true at some point in time and does, cause you have to keep it, you have to keep it in your mind, mm -hmm. you know? I envisioned being in a better place constantly, every day, every, every day. I'm in a better place right now. And I think for you, you have to envision, I, I would say this for anybody, mm -hmm. envision the life that you want. No. Envision, but no. I try to be as specific as possible. I love that. Because if you're not specific, then you don't really know what you want. Mm -hmm. But start somewhere. I don't know what it is. I mean, you can just start envision a homestead. Mm -hmm. right? And there's nothing else to it right now. Mm -hmm. But then you start being very specific of the things that make you happy and the things that you would want your kids to be doing. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, this is this is what I envision pretty much on a daily basis. That's cool. Okay? I didn't know that. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you right here. I'm going to color this picture for you. <laughs> uh, it's it's waking up on a on a Saturday, Saturday morning. Okay, my wife and I are sleeping in bed. 
we we have this view that overlooks the city with hills and the sun is set perfectly shining right through the kids come in they rush in they're excited they're kids they get up fucking early right then they jump up and down on the bed to wake us up okay i get up I'm, i take them to the kitchen i let their mom sleep a little bit longer because i'm sure she's probably tired <laughs> most women love to sleep so i get up happily and i take them to the kitchen and i ask them what do they want you know whatever food it's usually whatever i'm craving that day is whatever's in the the image and then we do that i'll say it's french toast bacon biscuits and gravy eggs and we make it because i love to cook and i want my kids to know how to cook so we make it i play music we're dancing there's a cartoon on <laughs> one of the kids are just sitting there watching that and then my wife comes up and she comes in there i got a cup of coffee for her hand it to her kiss her good morning she's in there she's dancing and singing with the kids and i envision that morning hmm. every single day <laughs> oh. every single day because that's going to come true for me at some point in time <laughs> That's cool, man. It's going to happen. I didn't know you did that. Oh. I really didn't, yeah. yeah. Good for I, you. I try to That's visualize cool. my life. Oh. It's not like it's planning out, but it's a, a visualization that will come true at one point. Oh. And when that comes true, I will sit there and I will take that moment in. And if that becomes every Saturday, which it will, so crazy. I will appreciate it every Saturday. I mean, life is so short, man. Yeah, damn straight it is. Life is so, <laughs> so short. It's funny, though, like how many people actually envision what you just said. I have very few in today's society, mm -hmm. especially people that come like from more privileged lifestyles, which is millions of kids, kids now that are pouring into their 30s. Nobody wants to take responsibility. No one can envision that. Mm -hmm. um, not nobody. A lot of people just can't envision that because they're chasing a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, you know, if you don't like kids, you know, you shouldn't have kids. But if you shouldn't, if you think you have a decent bone in your body, you should like replace yourself. I am a firm believer in that now. You know, I think this doom and gloom and overpopulation is, yeah, sure. Yeah, we got a little out of control. We shouldn't be having like 10 kids a piece, you know, Nick Cannon, <laughs> or 12, whatever the fuck you have. But, you know, for decent people to at least replace yourself or even have one kid, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I've seen it how it creates a better life for you. Mm -hmm. And you, you got to give it a shot, you know. And I'm, I'm speaking to all the people out there like me, men and women, that you know who you are. You got to give it a shot. You know, wherever part you are in your life, stop thinking about just about your rights, your freedoms, all this stuff. Like start thinking about, okay, what can I put above who I am to make my life more bearable? Because mm -hmm. your life will become completely unbearable if, if you don't. Trust me, I'm, I'm going to be 33, <laughs> which is even hard for me to believe. And you, you can't escape the struggle. You really can't. Oh, no. <laughs> you have to, I would like to say, you have to become friends with it. Because mm -hmm. if you keep trying to fight it, it's just going to keep coming at you. And if you if you keep trying to keep trying to run, too, like, it's just going to be there. Like, struggle comes at different points in your life. You can have 25, 24 months of greatness. Mm -hmm. And then you can be hit randomly with something crazy. Yep. Something crazy. I, I, I'll tell you this quick That's story because I think we're running kind of close on time probably. But I remember uh, this was April 1st, 20, 2013. Yeah, April 1st, 2013. Yeah. Uh, I, I got home from school and I went to play basketball. I went to the park. Everybody goes to the park and plays basketball. 
and I just did. It was a regular, kind of a regular thing for me because I don't think I had anything going on that day. I don't think I had any practice or anything, shockingly. So I went and played basketball. Uh, I get home, I'm using the bathroom. My sister comes over, which she never does, and my brother starts crying. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I was like, "My sister is starting shit right now." And so I open up the door, and it's my sister with my two of my mom's coworkers. And my brother, I look over at my brother, and he is like balling. He's down. Like he's out of it. And my sister was like, hey, mom got hit by a truck. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, she was driving and got hit by like a semi type of thing. And this was my junior year in high school. And she was like, no, she was working. And a car came up and hit her while she was working. And I was like, oh, shit. So immediately in my head, I was like, like, damn, I just lost my mom, right? I was like, fuck. I was like, okay. I didn't, only thing I, only thing I could think about was like taking care of my brother. That was like the only thought in my mind. Because now it was like, my mom's gone. That's it. When she's gone, I have to step up and take care of my brother. Because this is going to be really tough for him. And so like, she was like, oh, well, you can come over. I was like, no, 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 no. We're going to stay here. So we were there. And my brother and I were not, we were not close. We did not like each other growing up. <laughs> like, we just didn't. And I remember going in there, and I was just talking to him. Like, I've never talked to him before. I was just like, hey, are you okay? Like, you want to talk about it, whatever? Like, And I was just telling him. I was like, mom's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Even though in my head, I was like, oh, shit. Like, she's gone. Like, she's not coming back. And I remember going back into the bathroom, taking a shower. And I was literally thinking of every possible way of how to go to school, take care of my brother and I. And I I, I started planning. I was like, I'm going to go get a job here, save up as much money as I need to. I don't know how it's going to work with the apartment letting me pay rent. I don't know if they would allow me to do this while I'm fucking 16, 17 years old. Mm. And I just remember just like, I didn't have, I didn't have time to be emotional. I had no time to be emotional about it. My plan was just take care of my brother and I get a job, pay these bills. I'm going to be here until my brother graduates high school. I'm going to go figure out somehow to go to school, Mm -hmm. go to college and do all of this on my own. But that was like my immediate thought. Mm. I didn't cry about my mom until like a couple days later. Mm. You know, just because my initial thought was survive. Like I'll have my time at some point be like, you can't have two people in the house being hysterical over this. Because that's just not going to be, that's not going to be good. It's mm. not going to look good. For, it's not going to be good for my brother mm. if he sees me being down. It's like, no. That was a fucking crazy time. <laughs> and obviously she's fine. She's fine. But she got hit and she got uh, blown on life support. <clears throat> Damn, I just turned into Bane. She got flown into life support to uh, St. Louis. And she was in a coma for like a month. Whatever, broke her back and stuff like that. That also showed a lot of true colors in some of my family right there, which is a big reason why I don't talk to them, mm-hmm. most of them. That's great. I didn't know that story. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I almost lost my mother, but I, I have I had a best friend who lost his mother, so I don't ever complain about this. 
It's yeah. just a story now. Yeah. It's still a part of you. Still it, part it, of you. Remember that your experiences are you. So that is part of you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, this has been uh, awesome, man. I mean, again, not obviously, you know, just for you listeners, but for both of us. I don't know about you, but my life is uh, substantially better after having since started this. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, we want to. You know, again, have you guys on here. That's what this is all about. If you feel like you have a story to tell, come share it. It's a safe space. You can talk about anything. That's all this podcast is. Mm. Just average people talking. Because everybody is struggling right now. I can tell you that from my job. It's it's very hard to navigate today's world of endless choice and actually calm your brain down. The best way to do it is, again, come here. Again, put your phones away and just talk. Yeah, just be real. You can also follow us on social medias as well. It's just less tech, more neck on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to write us on there or comment. <laughs> I send out a question of the day every day. So if you have a question that you would like to be asked, just hit me up. <laughs> I'll put it on there probably. That's cool, man. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, till next week, I guess. Uh, we're going to have a friend on, uh, but that's two weeks from now. So next week we're going to talk about. Um, well, we'll probably find um, somebody to put on. Put someone ass in the seat. Put someone ass in the seat. Put this mic until... and start talking, motherfucker. <laughs> talk about your fucking problems. That'd be all <laughs> fucked up in the head. So. <laughs> Beautiful.